Hello and welcome back to The Loyal Sons Show. That's at The Loyal Sons on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us there and follow us here for Pitt Sports content you won't want to miss. If you love seeing the Pete rocking and still hate Jim Beheim, this is the place for you. The Loyal Sun Show, a safe, sunshiny place for your Pitt Athletics fix, presented by Section 5. My name is David, and I'm joined, as always, by Squid and Dylan, and we have a electric show for you guys today. Aiden Fish joined us to talk about his unforgettable senior night and the road that got him there. But first, we have a little bit of unpacking to do on our own. Guys, that was uh, sweet. Oakland was absolutely electric. You could tell it was going to be a special day when you stepped on to Forbes Ave and saw all the people in their blue and gold uh, packed packed house at Hemingway's and Mario's. And man, that was that was a fun one. I had fun. A little too much fun. A little bit. There was a lot of fun had before, during and after the game. Uh, but we'll focus on the game. Oh, my God. That was a perfect culmination of events. Senior day, Syracuse. I mean, and then the game. It lived up to the hype and beyond. I did not expect to score 92 or 99. Uh, I didn't expect all the alley-oops or all the threes or Aiden Fish scoring. It was probably the most fun pit game in at least a decade. If there's one major takeaway from this game, it's that uh, bulletin board material is a very real thing. And that uh, if you say something dumb in front of the world, the internet, TV cameras, whatever, it can motivate 12,000 people to print out pictures of you picking your nose and bring it to a basketball stadium and will a team to its best performance of the season. So good on Jim Bayheim for giving us all that fuel. Um, that was awesome. Every, the The team seemed locked in. Capel was locked in. Uh, and, and the zoo was jumping. I said in a tweet that whenever Jim Bayheim left the tunnel, that was the loudest I heard the Pete in a long time. Like even after like the big wins, I think it was equally as loud because everyone was booing and yelling at once. Uh, but then there were so many big moments of that game that kind of get overlooked. Like Aiden Fish obviously stole the show, and rightfully so. Nike Sabandi's alley-oop was sick. But we had a Diaz-Graham alley-oop in transition. That was sick. Uh, Nelly had 13 assists. Greg Elliott had five threes in the second half alone, and that's like an afterthought. There were so the many big moments in that game. The box score is hilarious. Like, I'm looking at Nelly having 14 points and 13 assists is insane. Uh, one turnover, 13 to one assist to turnover ratio. Pretty bad ratio. Mm-hmm. Pretty, mm-hmm. pretty good. Uh, Blake Henson was six for 17 from three. <laughs> and like, there were multiple times where he pump faked from like 40 feet. And I was like, I think he really wanted to shoot that. It was, uh, what, what else we got here? Federico, Federico, five for five from the floor, 14 and six. Jamarius Burton, a near triple double, 14 points, nine rebounds, eight assists. I mean, these dudes played outside of their minds. And shout out to Jim Bayham. Jim Bayheim and his 
archaic defense that he refuses to come out of. What did he say in the post game? They can't play man. They're not good enough at it. I thought it was hilarious because he said that their only chance to get back in the game was to press to speed us up and maybe like turn the ball over. Cause if they sat in the zone, they just pit would have just milked the clock and won. So they tried to press and it clearly didn't work, but he said they had no other option. Someone asked if he thought about going man to man. And he just said like, we can't play man to man. Like we've tried and we're just not good enough at it as if, what do you mean? <laughs> cover coach cover the guy, <laughs> coach your players. Teach them. Are you a bunch of Division One basketball players out there? I'm sure they've played man to man at some point in their life. It's the most basic form of defense in sport. Everybody cover a guy. Simply do it. Guard who got you. And no, I guess they couldn't do that. I don't know if that was Noah Hiles who asked him that question uh, specifically, but our guy was kind of giving it to Jim Beheim. So shout out to Noah for. Uh, or I don't know if it was intentional because you know Noah is a big J and he would never intentionally try to get under J. No, Bayhams he just again, asked. But... He just asked if he thought his comments had an impact on the crowd, and Jim Beheim said no. Uh, it's a loud crowd and a big rivalry game. They're always a great crowd when we come to town, and it was no different than any other time since we've been good. So he compared to the the olden days, but there was a little bit more. Oh, you, you couldn't tell me there wasn't more juice in that arena because of him being an old curmudgeon. The arena was bumping like the second you walked in. I couldn't believe how packed it was. Like the, the, the Miami game was also a sellout, but it just felt completely different on Saturday. Uh, like like you said, the zoo was locked in from the jump. They were absolutely giving it to Bayheim and Judah Mintz. Every time Judah Mintz touched the ball, he was crushed with booze uh he had a really tough booze as in booing him not throwing beer at him that would be very inappropriate um way funnier would be funnier also someone threw a towel like on the floor after the first bucket <laughs> they had to give the i know once you get the pa announcer giving the crowd a uh, warning that they're gonna get the team a technical that's when you know you're gonna have a big crowd for the night big day but um crowd was awesome and pit basketball has revitalized the city and the fan base came back quick. I saw I saw some someone mentioned it was some upset crabby West Virginia fan on Twitter saying that uh pit fans are all bandwagon fans. They weren't here the last couple of years. No, these are the people who were fans 10 years ago and now the team has given them something to root for again. And they're all that energy that we've bottled up for years and years is coming out. Yeah, as um, one of those people to a T that was off the bandwagon for a couple of years and now it is back on it. In my defense, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I'm I'm just so happy to see Pitt recapturing uh, the interest of the city and seeing that like kind of revitalized because we've we've talked about it a million times before. This basketball team had a reach that so far surpassed any any other co- what any other college sport can be capable of in Pittsburgh this this was Pittsburgh's NBA team basically this was our the closest thing we had to pro basketball and you would even see abominations of humans that were Pitt basketball fans and Penn State football fans 
just because, you know, they needed a basketball team and, and Pitt was, it was that. And while those people should not be allowed to legally exist, uh, I, I think it just goes to show how how strong of a brand Pitt basketball is in this city. And we're seeing it reawakened. I went to a, a pretty random bar to watch the game. Um, and by the end of the game, the whole bar was, it started on one TV in the corner. And, and by the end of the game, entire bar was locked in. I was sitting between an older woman and a father with a seven-year-old son. You get her number? Uh, by the end of the game, we were like hooting and hollering all together. Just like three very different people, different points of our lives, but we were all like cursing Jim Beheim as one. So it was cool to see. Nature is healing, especially in Oakland. Yeah, so that that win was so impressive. Um, in terms of efficiency, which is apparently the only thing that matters. Um that I feel like we don't even have to talk about Georgia Tech. That one was quite unfun as far as wins go. Are we cool just skipping over that one? I mean, they're both gutty wins. We can, we can skip over it, but I want to mention a theme. Pitt was down. Didn't look good. It was ugly. But they came through and won. I think it'll be forgotten that Pitt was losing, uh, I think it was in the second half, against Syracuse. Right, or was that late first half? Either way, either way, it, it required some level of climbing back, some level of facing adversity, and once they went up in in that second half against Syracuse, they really started to pile it on. It was a there was a real uh, run it up Herman leave no doubt moment there with like eight minutes left or so, and uh, and they just started pouring it on. Nobody could miss a shot. Uh, that press was getting broken down about as easily as anything I've ever seen. Yeah, for what it's worth, Squid, uh, they never trailed in the second half. Against yeah, the it was late first half. Either way. But uh, point was, the team caught fire. This team is capable of catching fire, and that is something you love to see this time of year. I'll just leave it as that. Yeah, I think we've seen a couple times where when Pitt struggles to shoot the ball, look at the Virginia tech game, they struggle to score points and win games, but they've shot the ball well enough consistently enough that, I mean, we heard it a dozen times at this point, but if they can shoot like this in March, they can play with anyone. If shots are falling, Blake Henson gets hot from three. If Nellie Cummings hitting shots, Greg Elliott hitting shots. I mean, these guys can play with just about anyone if those shots are falling. So um, definitely good to see. I know, David, we worry sometimes about are they using up a good shooting night? Mm-hmm. Uh, Which are finite. So right. It's finite. There's a, you only get so much shooting karma. But uh, I'll take every last one of those 16 threes we hit against Syracuse to rub it in Jim Beheim's face. Yeah, I mean, that was that was the perfect opportunity to expend our three-point luck. I am very okay with that. So as we stand Sunday evening after a big win against Syracuse, Miami and Virginia both went down on Saturday. So that puts Pitt in first place in the ACC and a win against Notre Dame on Wednesday would clinch at least a share of the regular season title in the ACC. 
You hear that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Heard that. And Pitt would be the worst ranked uh, via preseason polling ACC team to ever win even a share of the regular season title. I believe the previous record was like the sixth seed. And that's happened three times. They showed a graphic, I think. But really just a, a credit to what this team has done compared to expectations. Absolutely. And there's a chance that that Miami game could come down to be the de facto, uh, you know, I guess it wouldn't be the ACC title because if we beat Notre Dame, then it would just be playing for a share or the conference title outright. But either way, for the one seed, maybe for the one seed in the ACC tournament. Um, God, it's crazy to think that a team that started one and three sits here uh, as of the end of February that we could just lock up the ACC in about four days. So, um, yeah, things really I, I really came can't together for it. Pitt. Things came together for Pitt on this past weekend uh, with Miami and Virginia both stumbling. Um, Florida State pulling off that insane last second three to beat Miami. Um, it was it was a perfect pit basketball day. Perfect. There's nothing you could have changed to make it better. I one thing I think Aiden Fish could have hit a three to give us an even 100, but I think oh. that would have just been all too perfect and can never really have true perfection in, in this life. So, but I, I think his bucket that bounced off every square inch of that rim falling through and then the entire bench running onto the court. I think Pitt had a sold like 12 people on the court when, by the time that shot fell through the hoop. And uh, I don't know. Was that louder or was Jim, the booze of Jim Bayheim at the beginning of the game louder because oh, the end of the game was louder. It passed it up. I almost like threw my phone in the air. Like I didn't even realize what happened. There was so much chaos on the court. I'm frantically trying to look up uh, the list of ranked teams that lost this week because it's like pages long. And I think something like 15 out of 15 of the 26 teams ranked ahead of us in the AP pool. Yeah. So is, is it finally our week at this point? I don't even know. I, I I could see us drop it. it. (laughs) Don't rank them. I don't want to be ranked being ranked overrated. Yeah, actually, our defensive efficiency wasn't great this week, so we're mm, going to drop and drop a couple yeah. spots. Do you guys want to guess uh, the date of the last time Pitt was ranked in basketball? Twenty sixteen. Squid. I know we were on the verge the COVID year, but then we ended up rattling off like eight straight losses to end the season after beating Duke. Um, it had to be the first Stallings year, wasn't it? Uh, year which year, year was that? Twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. What's the date? Give us the date. Pitt has been unranked since. January 4th of 2016. 
I'm sorry, January 11th of 2016. Seven years. Seven years since one of the most prolific basketball programs of this millennium has been ranked in the AP poll. This is off topic, but do you want to hear a hilarious stat? Kind of not off topic because it's Syracuse related. I rewatched the 2011 Pitt Syracuse game when Pitt went up 19 to nothing. They said on the broadcast that Pitt was 50 and one in their last 50 games at the Pete. That is uh, better than 98% winning percentage. Yeah, that's, which is a lot. That's a lot. You get that on a test. Your parents hang the test on your refrigerator. In the Big East, the prime Big East. Jeez. It's like acing the SAT. I, I'm so happy, man. Same. Having having this back is is so cool. So let's look ahead. We got Notre Dame. They have lost eleven. Of their last 12. So. I don't like that. They've played some close <laughs> games lately. They've lost to Virginia by two. They lost to Duke by four. Mike Bray's last game. At home. At Notre Dame. I've watched this team. They stink. <laughs> Nothing you guys have just said. have made me feel better about. Mm-hmm. Our game against them. For some reason. So we got that. And then the big showdown against. The U. I'm sure they'll want some revenge. I'm sure they'll probably be favorites down in their place this time, but that's going to be another big game. Please win, I think, is our message here. Yeah, let's keep it simple. Let's please win both of those games. By 100. And also, please be ranked in the top 10. No, we're asking too much. Uh, please win. Please win. Let's talk to Aiden Fish, the star of Saturday. When there were so many stars, Alfred Pitt, but the real star was Aiden Fish. So, uh, great interview with him, and we'll talk to him now. It's not much of a secret that I have a home field apparel problem. Even before we started this show, I couldn't even step foot on a new college campus without making sure there was something from that school's home field collection waiting on my porch when I got home. So we are, understandably, over the moon to partner with Homefield this season to keep Pitt fans comfy, cozy, and stylish at a fraction of the price by using promo code LOYALSUNS for 15% off your next order. This discount applies site-wide and with unique vintage collections for every school from Pitt to Bama, Jackson State to Colgate, Michigan, Marshall, Marquette, and both Miamis. There's something for every fan. So whether you're buying for a pit fan or for a loser freak, use promo code LOYALSUNS at homefieldapparel.com to save big on your next order. Each code applies once per email address, so get those work emails and burners ready. That's homefieldapparel.com. Please welcome on to the show, hometown hero and forward for the Pit Panthers, Aiden Fish. Aiden, how you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Yeah, just another uh, another day living the dream. Absolutely. I'm honestly glad that you can hear us. I was worried you might develop tinnitus or something after <laughs> you made the Pete explode last night. 
uh, hit a big shot last couple minutes of the game. And, uh, and again, I thought the place was going to erupt. Why don't we, uh, why don't we start there? Uh, what was, what did that moment mean to you getting, getting a bucket in front of a sold out senior night crowd at the Pete in a huge win against Syracuse? I mean, it's hard to put it into words, like how much it means to me. You know, I, I got my first bucket, um, earlier this year against Fairleigh Dickinson, but there really weren't many people in the crowd. Like the zoo, I think the zoo was on break. Um, you know, like it was really cool, but uh, to do it in front of a sold out crowd was uh, definitely a different level of excitement. As the game went on, did you have a feeling you might get in and get a chance to score on your mm-hmm. senior night? Yeah. So I was looking up at the scoreboard and, uh all my boys they call it the fish watch and then they so i look up in the stands and they're doing this fish watch um you know when it gets to that like 15 point range and you know that means you know we're a shot or two away from me going in with like two minutes left a minute left three minutes left whatever um so greg got hot from three they started pressing we started you know kind of dissecting them and yeah it didn't go well yeah 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 the, the, i mean like the press i guess it sped us up a little bit but like we were just getting whatever we wanted it just made you score faster yeah yeah um and so i was like looking up at the score where i was like here we go let me tuck the i i start to tuck my jersey in whatever when i when i feel uh might be going in i tucked it in with like five minutes left so so we're uh, it's 6 p.m. on Sunday. We're about almost 24 hours removed from the game. What have these last 24 hours looked like for you? Because I know I'm sure you're getting blown up by everyone. Got got a video of you on SportsCenter last night. Like, what's this 20, 24 hours been like? It, it, it's been insane. like the amount of messages and whatever Twitter and Instagram. Like, it's just blowing up. Like my phone. Even if I'm not on it, it's using so much energy, like getting all these notifications. It's dying like every hour. <laughs> so I'm constantly having to have it plugged into the charger. It's ridiculous. I saw KD commented on your post. Yeah, that was, <laughs> dude, we were sitting in my living room and like, you know, we're getting ready to go out and I'm just like, everyone's celebrating. And then all my boy looks at me, he goes, dude, Kevin Durant, comment on your post. <laughs> which Kevin Durant like not, <laughs> not that Kevin Durant he's like yes so I didn't know this but he followed the pit basketball account like a month ago and wow. I guess you know coach Capel like uh you know he connected to him through USA basketball back in like whatever 2012 2014 that type of stuff but you know as you know Katie's like a big social media guy and uh he just loves basketball, so that that was that was pretty cool. It must be a really weird feeling knowing that Kevin Durant knows your name. Uh, we yeah. we I don't I don't think the same goes for us. Uh, I don't think we're there yet. But that's that's one of the greatest scorers and basketball players in history. Is is pretty thrilled with your story. Yeah. Uh, one so one of my brothers is like goes crazy about everything I do, and then one of them like he's like yeah. Good job, dude. Like, congrats. <laughs> like, you're still like, you only had two points, dude. But like, <laughs> so like when Katie like commented, he was like, yeah, I mean, like, 
he's all right. <laughs> like, that's kind of cool. That's such a brother move, though, yeah, yeah. to just like be a little bit of a dick a about bit, yeah. every accomplishment. Like, like a little, little bit of a douchebag with everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it makes sense why someone who loves basketball as much as uh, Katie would be intrigued. Um, your your story is, you know, such an incredible one, and one of the reasons that we all love sports. You started as a a manager on Pitt's basketball team uh, and and made it to where you are now. So for those of us that are listening that aren't as familiar with your story, would you mind, I'm sure you've given it a hundred times, would you mind give them a little run through about yeah. how you got where you are? For sure. Um, so I came to Pitt and obviously I wanted to walk on. Um, I was a pretty late bloomer. I was like 5'9 <clears throat> for most of high school. And then uh, when I hit my growth spurt, I suffered all these injuries and basically didn't play my entire senior year. Um, so once I got to college, I was probably like six, four grew another like inch and a half my freshman year. Um, but I, uh, I reached out to the coaches and I was like, you know, are you guys having a walk on tryout this year? Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, like we're not having a walk on tryout, but you could become a manager. So I was like, damn, I, I really don't want to become a manager. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do that. Um, so I met with, uh, Brian Regan, who's the director of basketball operations. And I was like, all right, man, like I'll, I'll become a manager. And he like, looked at me, he's like, dude, just a heads up. Like, I know you want to become a player, but that doesn't really happen. Like you don't go from a manager to a player. Like, it's just not, it's not something that normally happens. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, all right, like. I mean, let me see what I can do. I, at least get my foot in the door somehow, you know, like instead of waiting for the next year for a possible tryout, like let me familiarize myself with the coaches, like let them know who I am. So the first day of practice, you know, Coach O'Toole noticed I was pretty tall. He goes, hey, what's your name? I was like, uh, Fish. And he's like, Fish. All right, get down here. So I'm down there. Um I was just playing defense on the big guys for the first few months of practice. And I'm getting beat up. I'm, I weighed like 165 pounds at that time. Like I was so skinny. Um, I'm getting beat up. So I, I had to put on a little weight and, you know, I started playing better and better in practice. And um, one day playing defense on the big guys and Tio would tell me, he's like, all right, go 80%, go 90%, go 100%, try and get a stop here. So this one day I got like, must have been like six stops in a row. And like, everyone's going wild, like feeling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the next play, someone just throws an elbow at me and broke my nose, like bloody nose everywhere. And so I ran over, like plugged it up and went back out. And like, the coaches loved that. Mm. So, <laughs> um. You know, the next day of practice, so every every day of practice, we normally end with someone shooting a free throw. Um, you make it, practice is over, you miss it, we run, you know, down and back. And it's normally like a starter. Like, it's not even just anyone. It's normally a starter. You know, someone who's going to be in a high-pressure environment during the game. And he, I got my, my towel and my ball right next to me, and he goes, Fish, you got a free throw. So, like, I'm like, me? Right? 
So I, I, uh, I stepped up there and knocked the free throw down. Um, everyone mobbed me. And I'm like, damn, like, I, I think I'm going to get on the team. Like, it's happening. Didn't end up happening for the rest <laughs> of the year. So I was like, shit. I blew it. I blew it, right? But I keep on COVID hit, and I'm keeping in contact with Coach O'Toole, and, you know, he goes, like, uh, he's telling me, like, there may be a roster spot, you know, keep working, blah, blah, blah. And I got a text on May 30th at, like, 9 o'clock. I believe it was a Saturday night, Friday or Saturday night. And he's like, you up? And I was like, <laughs> of course I'm up. I was like, yes, sir. Like, he's like, he calls me immediately. He's like, fish, just want to let you know you made the team. Well, and, you know, I I couldn't believe it. I called my parents. My dad thought, my dad thought I was getting a prank call or something. He's like, <laughs> he's like are you sure it's real? Like, what do you mean you're on the team? I was like, Dad, like I'm on the team. Like I'm a player. <laughs> he's like, he's like, all right. And my mom's going crazy. You know, she's crying. Um, Your brother's yeah. like, ah, oh, that's that's kind of cool. I guess. Yeah, my brother. He was like, my one brother's like, oh my god, this is amazing. The other one's like, yeah, like I'll still beat you in one on one. Blah blah blah. <laughs> like that type of stuff. Um, a lot of people play D one basketball. Yeah, yeah. He's like, dude, like. I used to play against guys at the rec, like who played overseas. <laughs> like, and I hit a step back on them. Like, you're five nine and like have no left hand. But anyway, um, that is how I got on the team. And then ever since it's been, you know, awesome. So Coach Cable gave you a scholarship this year after being a walk-on. What was that conversation like, or how was that presented to you? And then who, who was the first person you told? Yeah, so, you know, I, I had in the back of my mind that they had an open scholarship, but I was like, damn, I, I don't know if they're going to give me one. Because a lot of times they just don't, you know, give it to someone. Um, but whatever, it was like a month ago at the end of practice. I break everyone down. Like I do the uh, – we do together on three, familiar on six, and I'm the guy who breaks us down. But he goes, like, right before we're breaking down, he goes, uh, and by the way, um, fish your own scholarship. And, like, I was like, what? Everyone mobs <laughs> me. Like, uh, the coaches always keep you on your toes. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, couldn't believe it. Uh, and then, first person I told I tried calling my dad and my mom and they they were at work they didn't answer and then I sent a text and they must have seen it and then they called back and um my dad had a similar reaction he was like what do you mean you're on scholarship <laughs> dad you get your money back <laughs> um so he was happy about that for sure um but yeah that that, that was pretty cool so you came a long way. You got the scholarship mid-season. Yeah. Then this weekend, senior day. What were the emotions like leading up to the game? Oh, man. I You know, we have shoot around five hours before every game. And I got there, got there a little early just to put up some shots. And I'm the only one in there. I just kind of was like – I just took a seat and kind of trying to take it all in. And 
literally was just getting emotional, you know, by myself just there. Uh, I was like feeling a lot of different emotions, you know, happy, but sad that, you know, it's coming to an end. Um, the peep this year has been unbelievable. I, uh, but warmups was awesome. You know, the ceremony was awesome. The game was awesome. Like I can't say enough about just the environment made it just a special night, you know? Yeah. I'm sure, you know, you're a Murraysville kid. So I'm sure we don't have to tell you, but that really felt like back in the big East days when they were winning conference championships. For sure. I mean, I've been to, I, I want to say around like 150 pit basketball games. Like I've, my dad's had season tickets since before I was born and he would bring me along for a lot of them. And that, you know, I want to say that like, it's been like eight years since it's been like that. But honestly, I think it's been more like mm -hmm. last night was, that was crazy. And maybe I'm a little biased, but I, it was just, it's hard to put into words. Like, how electric that place was it was too perfect it was pit syracuse it was senior day the first sellout and the way the game went down it you couldn't have scripted it any better right right and a lot of people you know a few of my roommates they're asking me they're like why is this game out of all of them so highly anticipated and i said it's a multitude of factors it's the last game of the season it's saturday at five o'clock which pit fans love that. Oh yeah. Um, a lot of it, time to pregame. It's Syracuse who has been historically our big, big East rival. You know, they may not be up to par as what they were, but it's still like the older pit fans. I feel like see that game. They're like, all right, this is a big one. So I think they come out for that. It's senior night. And then add on Bayheim's comments and you got a full storm of, passionate pit fans showing up to the peak. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask about that and tell us as much as you can without getting in trouble, but was there right. any conversation within the team about what, what Bayheim had to say? I mean, you know, guys are, uh, definitely a little taken aback by those comments. I mean, like it's, we kind of like that stuff, though. You know, it gives you some juice. It gives you some motivation um, to, you know, take it to him. I'll leave it at that. Do you think he was specifically referring to uh, Pitt giving Aiden Fish a scholarship as yes, buying a team? Yes. I, yeah, actually, I believe it was the lump sum of money that uh, <laughs> I, I received from multiple donors. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> They got you a new Silverado or something. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. I got the new Charger, Dodge Charger, um, <laughs> you know, the stand, just the standard package. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, a difference between a sellout crowd and what that was last yeah. night. Like, that was, and, and like I said, you almost reduced the, the place to 
like a pile of rubble when you scored. Right. What does it feel like to have the student body have your back to the extent they, they love you. I don't know if you knew this. So I was like telling people, I'm like, honestly, like it makes me nervous because every time (laughs) I get the ball, it's like, Oh, like you can hear everyone in the stands. Like get up. And it's like, it's like, Oh shit. Like, like now I'm tense, like whatever. But yesterday it was like, all right, every like JB, Blake, all of them came to me. They're like, dude, we're coming to you. You're shooting it. Like, there's no, like, there's no if and buts about it. Like, you're putting it up. Right. So the first possession, you know, I get it. I don't, I can't really get a three off. I do a little behind the back and I see Jesse Edwards. I'm like, oh shit. Like, this dude leads the league in blocks. Like, so I just threw something up. He didn't even try to block it because I guess he had four fouls. But, you know, I bricked that. I was like, damn, I blew it because there were only like 40 seconds left. Next possession, I'm like, all right, I got this. I got this, right? So I take a step back. I kept on uh, – Blake was telling me, it's like, dude, all right, don't dribble the ball. Just fire that from four. <laughs> they want to see you shoot the ball. Fire it from 40 feet. So I take a step back in the zone. I'm like, dude, the zone is perfect. Like, I can get this off. And the three I took, I thought that was bottoms. Like, I was like, oh, my God, it's right on line. Like, I st- if you see the video, like, I'm, like, backing up. I'm doing, like, the oh, oh, like Here one of those. Um, came off. Blake gets the offensive rebound. And he's looking for me. But, it, like, he doesn't see me. I'm like, Blake, Blake, Blake. I'm right behind you. Like, turns, pivots. And looking at the video, I guess I had another open three, but I've always been more of a, like a drive, a slasher. So I was like, all right, screw it. I'm going back to my bread and butter. So I did a little, saw the big guy kind of split those guys, threw it up with the left hand and felt like the ball was on the rim for an hour. That was, uh, and then when it dropped, <laughs> obviously uh, went ape shit. So I've watched the clip hundred times at this point. I'm sure everyone yeah. on this call has, but it doesn't even look like that ball should have went in. The, the yeah. bounce on the rim, it looks like it's coming out. It, it was I awesome. think the Pete just willed that into the He willed it in. It was awesome. Yeah. I think the best part about that whole thing is how there's still like eight seconds left and the whole team is like on the court jumping around, not oh, yeah, playing yeah, defense, yeah. like already mobbing you. Right, right, right. Uh, dude, and like I was... I was so excited. I like, I just blacked out on energy and like, obviously we weren't playing any defense. There's a view that uh, Heather like tweeted and you can just see Jorge Diaz Graham, just like jumping up like a little kid. We're not playing any defense. Um, But when I ran over, like I couldn't stop. Like I just like looked at the Syracuse bench. I was yelling all these profanities. I I don't know what I was doing. Um, yeah, it was, you were it was, feeling yourself. That's what you were doing. Yeah, yeah. But, and how did it feel on the bottom of that dog pile? It looked like Blake I'm threw down. Good, not good. There, there's some big boys. Come on, Blake. I, I the video. Blake like tackled me from behind. But yeah, yeah, he's a defensive end. Uh, he's big that guy. one, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he he could he could have a future as a tight end. You know. We actually talked about that at length uh, in our interview. We talked to Noah Hiles from the Post Gazette, and we were okay, we were yeah. trying to trying to formulate a plan to get Hinson into the NFL. Yeah, I mean, he 
I I've come to the conclusion that he might like football more than basketball. Like he is obsessed with football, specifically Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But um, like everything, like we'll have a game and he's just like talking about the Bucks like the entire day. Now, when they lost in the playoffs, he stopped talking. But uh, <laughs> he is he's definitely a football guy. So you, you hit the shot, you get dogpiled, and your teammates celebrating with you. It looked like some of them were just as happy as you were that you hit that shot. What do you think it's been that you've – what have you done to gain so much respect for your teammates that they get so happy when you succeed? Um, I think it's just like day in, day out, you know, just being consistent with my work ethic and giving them encouragement and energy – every single day you know that, that's one of my biggest things is sharing energy with the guys and sharing positive energy which i think is important to any successful team really like anything in life but um definitely that you know I, i've a lot of these guys i've only known for a year but you know every single day in practice is a joy and i try and give them the boost that they need to be successful. And, you know, they were just kind of reciprocating that um, last night. Yeah, we can check with our stat department, but I'm pretty sure if you count your entire tenure at Pitt, you are the longest tenured player on this team. Yeah, yeah, I definitely am. Uh, yeah. What do you think has been the biggest change since day one when you showed up to today? Because it. Showing on the court, uh, but we don't see the behind the it, scenes. It starts, it's two things it's maturity and selflessness. We have a group of guys, Nelly, Greg, Blake, JB, and uh, Nike. These guys are old, they're seasoned, older than the Thunder we've heard. All the, yeah, all they care about is winning. They don't care if they score zero points as long as we get the win. That is all that matters because they've realized they've been on teams that, you know, maybe had some issues with winning and culture issues and locker room issues. And losing yourself into winning is a rare thing in college basketball now with the transfer portal, with NIL, with all that stuff. So finding a group like this is uh, very rare. And when you get it, it can be very special. Um, you know, that's just the biggest thing. These guys, they're selfless. They All they want to do is represent the name on the front of the jersey. And it's like, it's refreshing, to be honest. Um, it, it makes every single day uh, much more enjoyable. And do you see uh, the younger guys kind of soaking that up? Yeah, because I know we have an older an older team and a lot of guys are gone after this year. But uh, I, I think you can tell Panther Nation would like to see more of this in the future. So, oh, yeah. I mean, the twins are all about winning. Nate Santos, all about winning. Will Jeffress, all about win like these guys, like they're good guys. They're program guys. You know, they're guys that are thinking about the team. Obviously, every single player is going to have individual goals and um, aspirations. But, you know they buy in, you know, you can see the energy, like some games Jorge might not play or Nate might not play, but you look on the bench and their energy is never wavering. You know, they're always excited for their teammates. And sometimes you, you take that for granted, but, you know, a lot of guys aren't about that all the time. 
And it's, it's nice to have an entire team with that. What was your first impression of the twins? Um, they, so I hosted them on their official visit. Um, and they're just like the nicest guys ever. Like they're just happy to be here. Like, they never thought they would be playing basketball in America. Like this is a dream come true for them. So like every single day, like when I met them, they were just joyful, you know? And as far as like basketball wise, I mean, those two kids have a lot of potential. Um, you know, you see, you see some unbelievable plays. You see some plays that make you scratch your head, but that's what you get with young, talented players, you know? And they're going to work through those mistakes. They're going to put on muscle. They're going to work in the summer. And I think they're going to be really, really good players for us in the future. Yeah, they speak highly of you. I know uh, when they were they were on the Jeff Cable show and they mentioned you hosting them. But uh, they, they seem awesome. And honestly, everyone on this team seems like you guys are just having fun. Uh, but those, those two in particular, they Coach Coach Cable can't help but laugh when they're at a press conference with them. Yeah, but uh, yeah. is there... I guess looking at the team and how much you guys all get along, do you think there was something, was there like a turning point this season? Cause you guys started one and three and it kind of looked like up. Oh, it's, it's just going to be another cable season. Right, was, there right. a part, was there like one moment that you saw or was it just kind of, you guys had to grow and mesh a little bit? I think it was a grow and mesh. You know, we knew we were a good team. We'd gone through workouts the entire summer. We're like, dude, we're better than this. Like we're a good team. And I think, you know, we weren't meshing at the beginning of the year. We weren't shooting it well. And we kind of just had to learn through that. And, you know, that's what's made this uh, a great season. It hasn't been all ups, you know. We've gone through some bumps in the road, but we've gotten over that. And uh, I credit that to, you know, the older guys being able to lead us through that and, uh, you know, not let a few bad games, you know, determine the entire season. Speaking of the team's closeness, uh, I, I imagine you guys celebrated accordingly after such a big win on senior night. Yeah, that, that's safe to assume. <laughs> and we can actually have liberty to talk about it because everyone on this team is like 30. So there's no no need to worry about. Right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, you know, had a few beverages. Yeah. Uh... Us too. Would you like to uh, apologize on behalf of Pitt basketball for the way the three of us woke up feeling this morning? <laughs> Listen, I was I was in the same boat. Uh, <laughs> my my mom called me. She goes, "Are you alive?" Like I was like, "Nope, barely." <laughs> Moms always know. Yeah, they always for, know for sure. Yeah, yeah seeing seeing Pitt, um, you know, Oakland the the team the town be as energetic and as excited as you know the scenes before during and after the games yesterday it's it's got to be you know so huge for you having been to 150 pit games yeah. what what does it mean to you to be part of the revival of pit basketball that you know that's a crazy thing for me to actually hear but that's i mean being a part of it is i I'll cherish that for the rest of my life for sure. I mean, I love this program. You know, I do anything for it. And um, just to see us having success now is is unbelievable. 
Aiden, we appreciate your time and we will let you go, you know, enjoy the rest of your victory Sunday. But we have a, a little game we like to play with uh, with our basketball guests called Full Court Press. We'll ask you a couple rapid fire questions. You can answer them rapid fire. But, you know, if you got a story, we we love a good story. So right, right. take it at your pace um, and we'll we'll rip off a couple. You You all right with that? Yes, sir. All right. Question one. Who was your favorite pit player growing up? Uh, Ashton Gibbs. What is your favorite, favorite Oakland establishment? Ooh. Uh, do, do, do. Dude. <laughs> uh, probably in my earlier days, Mario's, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Now, <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, whew. Let me think. Let me think. Dude. Where'd you spend your Saturday night? Your celebration night? Uh, Tequila Cowboy. Uh, okay. Okay. Branching out of Oakland. We can take yeah, that. Yeah. 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 Uh, favorite Oakland establishment now. Let's go with. Um, we go with Frenchies. Love oh. it. Love Frenchies. Funniest, funniest teammate. Uh, Blake Henson. Favorite Tim O'Toole quote? Um, shit. Uh, there's so many of them. Oh, it was like my first day of practice. Like, if you throw a one-handed pass again, I'm going to fucking kill you, fish. <laughs> <laughs> and have you thrown a one-handed pass since? No. It worked. <laughs> yeah, that checks out from Tim O'Toole. Who do you think is your toughest teammate to guard? Mm, Nike. Too athletic for me. I guess that was going to be my next question was most athletic teammate. Yeah, Would that Nike, also go to Nike? Nike by far. Nike by far. Yeah, I think that Al Youp uh, answers that question. Yeah. That was... Quick, quick backstory. I don't know if any of you guys know this, but when he was at Miami, Ohio, he tested with like a 47 inch vertical, which would be the highest in NBA karma in history. So, what? Just to leave, just to leave you with that. Yeah. On a I mean, trampoline I... or. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I believe it watching that dunk because I think his chin was at the rim. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Like, I wish you could see some of the. If you just watch him warm up, sometimes like he just gets his eyebrows at the rim like pretty easily. Last question: uh, Pitt's probably going dancing this year. What can Pitt fans expect from from their Pitt Panthers in the NCAA tournament? Shoot, you know I don't want to jinx anything, but if we Very get there, if we get there. Um, you can inspect some big shots. You know, we got guard heavy team, a shooting heavy team, and I like our chances against anyone in March. You know, guards win in March, old guys win in March, shooting wins in March. So hopefully, hopefully we make it happen. I could run through a brick wall right now, fish. My man. You got us ready. Let's go. Let's get it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations again on everything. It's been Absolutely. an incredible career, an incredible journey, and uh, we are so excited to see how the season concludes in March or April. My guys, my guys, thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining us. Hail to Pitt.
All right, Adam Fitt, say it. Thank you again to Aiden Fish for uh, taking some time out of his big bad Sunday uh, to talk to us about the big win against Syracuse in his huge bucket. Uh, really excited to get see him get in a couple more times before the end of the year. Uh, and again, really appreciate his time uh, and love his story. Uh, so we are going to send you all out into a bright and shiny ACC regular season championship clinching week. Uh, but before we let everyone go today, Squid and Dylan, please hit me with your final thoughts. I have a quick one. Um, this is not a sponsored ad, but I have um, Moonlit Burger just sitting beside me. I, I've been smelling it for the duration of this podcast, and I cannot wait to eat it. It looks so good. I will report with... back next week on how good it was. Well, hold on. Just an idea. Moonlit, you should sponsor us. And then Squid will complete his review, or better yet, he'll say something nice. You get mm-hmm. you get half of our uh, compliment and advertising up front, and then the other half once you pay us. Yeah, I could just we could turn the bar stool and do nothing but uh, gamble and review different types of food. So, just a thought. I often wonder how much we should feel at liberty to talk about, like foods and brands we like because they you know no, no free ads but also like frank's pizza doesn't have to give me a cent for me to evangelize for it squid let me know how that burger is i've, I've been wanting to try yeah, would you would you get on it um i think i got everything i got, I got the classic double burger um it's got all kinds of stuff i got some special sauce i got some caramelized onions and mm-hmm. deliciousness any of our listeners know anyone associated with Moonlit Burgers, tell them to hit us up. Um, if they just like comp a meal, that is good enough for me. I'm very hungry right now. Oh, it closed at seven, dude. I wouldn't have to go there. Damn it. Um, my final thought, closing thought. This may be some recency bias, but I was talking to one of our buddies about this yesterday, and it could have just been the high we were on from winning senior night Aiden fish all that but i think i came to the conclusion that i would rather pit basketball be consistently good than pit football and wow i uh, my tune very well may change by the time football season rolls around but the way i look at it is you only need like six guys kind of like pit those this year who are really good at basketball in your entire university to go on a run and really make some noise in March. If you're not like one of the four schools who can land all the biggest, baddest, strongest, fastest high school kids in the country, it's really hard to be really consistently good and nationally prominent. Um, I love pit football and it would kill me if they went back to being six and six, seven and five every year, but also like this basketball season has reminded me how fun good college basketball is. We did discuss this like way back in the summer. I think we might've done a poll and asked the fan base. And I think a lot of people have said basketball knows even whenever we didn't have a really good basketball team and it had been so long since we had a good basketball team. So I bet if we did another poll, we would see 
a little bit of that bias. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I'm obviously more of a football guy. Um, so I, I prefer when the football team is better. Um, but that's, uh, if I were to make an argument, it would also be centered around the fact that there's tailgating at pit football games, but I've yet to tailgate a pit basketball game. So that factors heavily into, uh, my decision, but I, I do agree that this is sweet. It is so cool to see the city buzzing again. Tailgating is awesome. I love tailgating. It's actually probably my favorite favorite activity. So, um, but Pitt could probably really suck in football, and I think I would still go tailgate. But that's that's a good point. That's a good if point. If we were but... Rutgers, we would still tailgate. It's what we do. It's kind of like our it's thing. Who we are. I also <laughs> love basketball having like two games a week. Having to wait an entire week to watch Pitt play football again is agonizing sometimes. That is true. That is true. It, it and the games don't take four and a half hours. That that's fair. You're you're making some good points, but at the end of the day, Kekianos los dos. Why not both, baby? Absolutely. And the likes by, taking us there. By no means am I trying to disparage football right now. Football is awesome football is probably the coolest thing ever invented it's like the printing press democracy and american style football uh my final thought um the ncaa is so ass (laughs) yeah so the fact that you're probably sitting there thinking like, oh, what direction is he going to go in with with this uh, is really evidence of how ass it is. Uh, I'm speaking more specifically to a ruling handed down by the NCAA to uh, punish Miami for an NIL infraction related to uh, the Cavender twins on the Miami women's basketball team. They're like crazy popular on social media and TikTok and all that stuff. They've made a ton of NIL money. Um, and I guess their coach, when they were transferring from Fresno state, the coach at Miami uh, set up a dinner f- between them and uh, a huge booster for Miami. Um, Is that Ruiz and, guy? Yeah. Ruiz. And it's the first time the NCA has ever punished a Division I program for an NIL infraction. Of all of the shit that we know to have happened, Jordan Addison was offered $3 million while he was still on the pit roster to go to another school. And there's you know, hundreds of stories out there like this. Of all of that, we decide to go after a pair of women's basketball players that are very popular on TikTok. It's the perfect, not exactly. It's a perfect opportunity for the NCA to like flex their muscles because it's high profile. If they just did this to like any Joe Schmo college athlete, nobody would care. It's a big school. They're popular. So it'll get headlines. And I think they think it'll be like a warning shot to these other schools. It's like, Hey, you could be next if you do this because, what you just described happens all the time. 
But I don't think any real program or booster will take the NCAA seriously and be like, oh, well, I can't talk to people in the portal or if they're not in the portal yet. I mean, but they also clearly decided to go after a sport that isn't uh, exactly the bell cow in terms of revenue. Like they aren't going to be hurting anyone in their pockets. But what was the actual punishment? Did you? I think the coach got suspended for three days. Or three games. Actually, oh. just was looking through. There was there was a list of uh, punishment here. There was one year probation, five thousand dollar fine, plus one percent of the women's basketball budget, a seven percent reduction in the number of official visits in women's basketball next year, a redu- reduction of nine recruiting person days. I don't, I don't know if that means in person days in women's basketball next year. Three-week prohibition against recruiting communications by women's basketball staff uh, with the open day of the transfer portal. A 10% suspension for the head coach. Three games served for the last three games of this season. So a bunch of things that ultimately will be just like fine. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not going to hurt Miami financially and they can get their message out because, again, the, the Twins have a massive following. It just really rubs me wrong that they chose to go after a women's team first because there's there's a huge disparity between the NIL money that uh male college athletes and female college athletes are seeing so like why are we over policing you know women's basketball especially when we know we know football is the big you know problem here don't hold your breath oh i won't I won't. Yeah, this is just a example. 2,510,651 of the NCA being the worst governing body to exist. Fuck them. Let those kids get their money. So that about uh, wraps that up. Thank you for uh, listening this week. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Loyal Sons. Subscribe to our YouTube. We don't. We we forget to push that one. Everyone, please go to our YouTube and subscribe so you can watch the this. Um, it's like a normal podcast, but with your eyes. Yeah, some people actually prefer the video version of it. I know some people. That's like the only way they take in podcasts so i'm sure there's some people listening who didn't even realize we had a youtube so really good uh marketing by us there yeah i've started um doing my hair for the show now so you know we're taking it seriously there's there's gel in my hair on a sunday please reward that effort by liking and subscribing did i say friday no i think you said sunday i don't know we've been just gone for too long here. It's time to wrap this up. It's been up. a long weekend, yeah. If you're listening right now, thank you. If you're watching, double thank you. As always, hail loyal sons of Pittsburgh. <laughs>